0: Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. I'm Jim Galanti with T. Frank Carr. And because it's quarter number three... That means it's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we have T. Frank answer your Penn State football and recruiting questions. You want to submit a question, you can download our app from the App Store. Just search on Keystone Sports. And I tell you what, this is it's off-season. We get fewer questions now. This is a good time. If you upload your question, a very good chance T. Frank will be able to answer it. So get your questions
0: in. That is and if also, I know the answer to your question. <laughs> uh, you will have the opportunity to ask. I don't know if I'll be able to answer it, but yes sorry I didn't mean to interrupt That's okay actually T. Frank, I think you've been undefeated on these questions
1: you've you've had an answer for every question All right now Pretty whether good. they were accurate answers or not that that's a whole mother debate but you have had answers so yes that's that's the I've, I've been told I'm very
0: convincing too so I'm not going to challenge that.
1: If you could fool some of the people most of the time, T. Frank. But anyway, at the end of the segment, we will pick out a winner. We'll pick out the best question. Today's winner of our Ask T. Frank, Ask T. Frank segment will receive a copy of Why Penn State by Greg Woodman. Um, it's a great book. It's at go to whypennstate.com. You could read all about it. it has some great photos and essays. And great interviews with uh, Coach Paterno. The book explores how the 1980s at Penn State helped define the why beyond, behind we are. So you could order your copy today. That's at com. And the 80s, I know that was before your time, T. Frank, but it was an interesting period in Penn State football. There happened to be a couple national championships during that decade. Mm -hmm. A pretty good decade for football. Mm -hmm. So you ready to answer questions?
0: As long as they're not about the 1980s. I genuinely can't help you there.
1: (laughs) Okay. Jim marks off a couple of the questions. (laughs) We've been doing with Dustin a segment on the history of Penn State football. We've been going through the decades. We hit the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And for me, an old guy. Mm-hmm. Going through the 80s, reliving, uh, you know, the Penn State-Miami Fiesta Ball. If you know nothing about it, T. Frank, go look it up. It, because not only was it a national championship for Penn State, but it kind of set the course for college football. Mm-hmm. You had, a; it was an arranged game to get number one versus number two for the national championship. It was kind of a precursor to what's to come, where they eventually reached the playoffs, it was a factor in all of that. All right, let's get to our questions. Let's start with Carey from York, who says, "T Frank, last week you gave Ty Howe a gold star for his recruiting at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. How how important is the position coach to recruits?
0: Oh, uh, I mean it's important. It's uh, so so. Penn State recruits a player with the entire staff." So, to say that it's only Ty Howell is wrong. But if you, you're you the point man at the position, right? So, everyone is, is given a region. And then, obviously, if it's your position, you're also involved in the recruiting. So, it's more a function of uh, I was trying to be creative with my writing when I said something like that. But because he's gotten four players to commit to the university at that position, um, you know, and, and by he, I mean the tight end position. So, with Penn State, they do recruit. Holistically, I'd say is the right word for it, where the head coach, the offensive coordinator, maybe a defensive coach for the offensive staff all recruit a guy so that they get to know the whole staff and not just their position coach. Because as we've seen, position coaches come and go pretty frequently now, sometimes less than a year like a calendar year. So, uh, you know, a little bit of hyperbole, a little bit of just tongue in cheek, but genuinely he's done a good job recruiting these guys because he's at games for Joey Schlaffer. He's keeping in contact with Andrew Rappelier through his commitment to Michigan um, you know, I know Matthias Barnwell was Tyler Bowen originally because he goes back about 15 years committing to Penn State at this point. But, um, you know, maintaining those relationships, keeping those guys in the class or getting them to recommit, those are all big things. And, and I know that one of the players did decommit in um, uh, Neo Avery, but he committed to play tight end. And then moved to the defense, and then kind of just throughout the process of how these things work sometimes, decided to decommit. But in total, having four players at one position and having the other four be on the offensive line, Penn State has done some work in the trenches in the class of 23 so far.
1: You do get to the point also if you have a good position coach that creates uh, getting good players. Mm-hmm. Good players mean they end up in the NFL. You end up with a position where you get NFL players you get more good players coming to you. We saw, you know, success at the running back position at Penn State. You got to give some credit to Juwan Sider. We see at Ohio State with wide receivers, you know, they have, what, like three or four first-round picks on their roster. Yeah. It draws more wide receivers. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's go to Henry in Fairfax, Virginia. What do you think will have the greater impact on college football? Name, image, and likeness, or the free agency that is the transfer portal?
0: Um, well, they're, they're both combining to create a sort of firestorm right now. So the combined effect is having a major influence, but I think NIL will eventually be the one that is more important because money talks, and there's no, there's no way around that. You can commit to a university. You go somewhere else that sort of stuff happened even with grad transfers and guys wanting to transfer that had to sit out a year. So like that has been happening for a long time, but when it comes to NIL and influencing the front end decision where it had not previously, I think that's going to have a major impact as soon as these things start to imbalance themselves by the haves accelerating their difference between the have nots. And and I think that is something that is going to happen over time unless there is some either um, overarching interference from Congress or some sort of national labor thing with, you know, with players, or if everyone reaches the same equilibrium of of paying players. But I don't foresee that future happening because there's always going to be an imbalance of money because that's how society works.
1: And if you, the idea of uh, free agency was, Henry mentioned that, NIL is free agency. Well, also, when you first recruit a kid, that's total free agency. Yeah. And if we use, as an example, professional sports, it's very simple. Players will talk about how great this region is, want to play at a good team. No, they always take the most money.
0: Yeah, for the most part. Almost without exception. Or it's so close because of the salary cap that it doesn't matter. Like we're talking about the difference of a couple million dollars. And then how you manage the money is is on the team end, your bargaining power in free agency. I would disagree that uh, that, uh, that transfer portal is free agency because there are there are rules in free agency. like there's a start time and there's not an end time, but there are penalties then for signing free agents later in especially football. So or the or the, the free agents are gone. There are no rules right now on when you can enter or exit the portal and all of the in in processing at universities is entirely non standard. So and James Franklin's talked about this, it may take forty days for somebody to get approved to come to Penn State for their credit for their credit transfer, where at other places it could take a week. So how are you going to navigate that with any sort of advantage if you're Penn State when you also have semester problems of getting guys in in time and getting you know all of those things situated because the university has more strict policies on students coming and going than the NCAA does? So these things are – it is not free agency. It is a free-for-all. And it is crazy. It's true free agency.
1: And before yeah. Penn State fans feel sorry for themselves at Penn State that you may not be able to accept a player in a week like some other schools, I read at Stanford sometimes it could take up to a year to accept somebody. Yeah. So as as bad as you might think Penn State is having it, there's other schools where it's even worse that whole process. So, And by the way, though, with NIL, Money Talks, if you follow, on this show I've mentioned it before, I'm a New York Mets fan. The fact that they now have the richest owner in the game changes how they're able to bring players in. Max Scherzer would not have come to the Mets at $40 million a year with the prior regime. That's just the way it works. Let's go to um, David in Lancaster who says you've mentioned how challenging it is to learn an offensive playbook. This year, Clifford has the same offensive coordinator for the first time as a starter. How much of an impact do you think that could have?
0: Yeah. So I have these conversations with fans, you know, either on our live show on YouTube or, or on our message board, and they say, why don't you just start Aller? Just rip the Band-Aid off. You've already decided that 2022 is a, is a garbage year where there are factors outside of the control of a lot of people that put Penn State in the situation they were last year. One of them is the offensive run game. We talked about the passing game, getting up to speed and the quarterback, cause he has to control a lot of things in his first year. The, the run game was in its first year as well. And they were again, trying to implement zone schemes they had not previously. And then you had an offense coordinator using things that I think were outside of his, outside of his bag when it comes to some of the man and zone and, and power concepts that he had not run to that level. So, fast forward a season, better athletes up front. The quarterback is in the system for season two. I think it could have a dramatic impact on making Sean Clifford uh, raise the floor of what he is. Does the ceiling change? I don't know, but the floor definitely can change because we've seen him operate well in the past, winning football, not not losing you the game. And if you've got a better team there you go. Like you're competitive. You're back to being an eight and four, nine and three, 10 and two sort of team. You know, and I know that three swing, I just mentioned like a failure of the season to a great season, but that's the range of outcomes versus 500 or hovering around there. And then it becomes the regular football factors of injury the way the ball bounces sometimes, getting luck, all of those things are at play. And Penn State had, uh, you know, I think early they had some good luck and late they had some really bad luck, including playing Michigan State in a blizzard, which did not work for them. As the team that had the weaker running game, it did not work for them. So all of these things can factor in and can you can have a better season. So I won't preclude, even now, Sean Clifford being a serviceable player. My point has always been, I just know how to beat him. Like, I know the weaknesses in his game. Can you exploit those? And is the offensive line ready to protect him from those weaknesses? We need a winner, T. Frank. Well, Dave got me going there on the last one, so we'll go with Dave and Lancaster. Plus NIL and transfer portal and all that stuff gets so messy and people don't like it. So sorry, Henry.
1: (laughs) All right. David, will be getting in touch with you. That is it for quarter number three. Stick around. Quarter number four, we're going to be talking some recruiting. Stick with us. Hi, this is Ted Brown. I'm a member of the Penn State Board of Trustees and I'm up for re-election along with Barb Duran and Bill Oldsey. And one of our goals is again to freeze or even reduce tuition. And the way to do that is cut costs and get more students at the Commonwealth campuses, which would generate as much as $180 million.
0: Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State, by author Greg Woodman, looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lion soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com.